Hey, so answer this for me. Are you an anxious person who overthinks everything? Do you find yourself fearing something bad might happen if you don't think about things through thoroughly? Or maybe you're the type that just can't stop the endless mind chatter that loops over and over and over in your head. It never solves anything. The same thoughts just keep circling endlessly around in your mind to no end. Well, if any of this sounds like you, then you're going to love this episode. Because this week, I'm going to teach you exactly how to stop overthinking and teach you my super secret skills to retrain your brain to think more effectively. Stay with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of What the Tigers Taught Me. I'm your host, Stephen Diamond, and you might have seen me on the hit Netflix TV series, Tiger King 2, The Doc Antle Story. You see, I grew up performing all over the world as a professional magician with real lions and tigers. And on this podcast, I use the term tiger as a metaphor for all of those shadowy creatures that lurk deep inside our shadows. You know, deep inside all of us to rear their dangerous little heads when we least expect it. Things like stress, depression, anxiety, shyness, and today we're going to talk about a particularly nasty little beast that affects tens of millions of people every single day. It's so crippling that it can literally stop you in your tracks and paralyze you with fear. It's the mental predator known as overthinking. You know, I was an overthinker my entire life until I learned in therapy why I did it and just what kind of damage it was actually causing in my life. I used to feel like it was my biggest weakness because sometimes I would overthink to the point that I couldn't make a decision and became paralyzed and ended up doing nothing as a result. Have you ever experienced this? It's an absolutely horrible way to live because it really prevents you from moving forward in your life. It can affect you in your relationships and even in your work life. I'll give you a great example. Many years ago, I used to work for a theme park company, and the owner of this company uh, couldn't make a decision to save his life. He was constantly paralyzed by fear, and you could see it in his posture, in his eyes, and even in how he handled himself in business meetings. He was a meek, mild, and very insecure type of man, and so nothing would ever happen, nothing would ever get done. Project after project would fall through because of his inability to stop overthinking. Time and time again, I would bring projects to him that he would tell you to your face was wonderful and would get so excited it seemed at first, but then nothing would ever happen. Well, his company failed as a result of his inability to make real decisions. Even his own wife used to call him another name for a kitty <laughs> because he just couldn't make decisions about anything at all. So nothing ever happened, and that was very frustrating to me. I'm really grateful for this guy, however, because he's the one who inspired me to stop working for other people and open my own company 
and, well, as they say, the rest is history. I realized through him that I would never get anywhere in life working to make other people's dreams come true. So I bet the farm on myself and began building my own dream, and it worked far better than I could have ever imagined. In fact, I wish I had done it many years earlier. My current skills and abilities not to overthink actually became the key to my own success. Overthinking can do so much harm in so many ways to a person's life. It can affect your job, your relationships, your finances, and even your health. And it can actually keep you from the success that you deserve as in the example I mentioned above. But don't think that this guy is an outlier because he's not. In fact, a recent study concluded that 57% of women and 43% of men are overthinkers. Now think about that for a moment. The same study also found that overthinking is much more prevalent in young and middle-aged adults than it is in older adults. And there's a good reason for that. For example, 73% of 25 to 35-year-olds overthink, compared to 52% of 45 to 55-year-olds. What was most shocking to me was that just 20% of 65 to 75-year-olds are overthinkers. Now, why is that? What this suggests is that as we grow older, we learn to worry less. That is likely due to something I like to call earned wisdom. As we grow older, we begin to understand just how useless and unproductive stress and anxiety really is, and so it fades away once the brain understands that it no longer serves us. And as the old saying goes, wisdom is often wasted on the old because we could really use this important information when we're younger during our formative years. But alas, that isn't how the human experience unfolds, now is it? This next statement is really important in understanding why we overthink. I want you to listen carefully and really absorb what I'm about to reveal to you. Overthinking is not who you are as a person but a behavior that you have learned which has become a habit. Now stop and really think about that for a moment as it relates to your own life. So if it's really just learned behavior which has become a habit, then overthinking is a behavior you can change if you want to. You can learn healthier ways of managing adversity, uncertainty, and even risk and still make good decisions and remain safe. Overthinking can cause all kinds of life-altering issues. And I'm sure that if you're an overthinking, you've dealt with some of these. It's things like procrastination, pessimism, which can incidentally lead to depression, issues with anxiety and stress, loss of production in your life, interpersonal relationship problems. It will also inhibit your creativity and it will cause you to have all kinds of self-esteem issues. And you'll even have some performance problems just to name a few. 
Now, as you can see, overthinking stresses the mind and body, and it causes many physical, psychological, and even emotional symptoms. A lot of people aren't aware of that. It's really hard for people to just let go and let life flow, which is one of my own personal mantras. Whenever I feel myself beginning to overthink, I'll stop myself, bring my mind back to the present moment, and just remember to let go and let life flow. Now, I fully realize that this is much easier said than done. It's taken me decades of practice to be able to achieve this state instantly at will, but that's mainly because I have a hard head. But fortunately, I have figured out how to save you all of that time and effort, and today I'll be revealing exactly how to stop it. So let's first talk about why you overthink. Now, there are two main factors contributing to all of your obsessive thinking. The first factor is behavior. Now, that is to say the ways that you think and act. And the second factor is stress. So let's start by talking about behavior. Behavior, and when I say behavior, I'm referring to the ways a person thinks and acts, which is the primary cause of overthinking. Research shows us we learn most of our behaviors by the age of eight, and those behaviors are heavily influenced by those who raised us during our most formative years. Now, you've heard me talk about this on past episodes, but it's worth repeating. So take a moment to think back to those first eight years of your life. Who were your role models? What kind of an environment did you grow up in? Did you feel safe and secure? Or were you hungry or even alone? Most of the answers to your emotional issues today can be found by first answering some of those really tough questions surrounding how life got started for you. This is something I came to understand in my own self-discovery over years and years of therapy. And I realized so many people were dealing with exactly the same thing. That's why I do what I do. Consequently, the environment that we grow up in and the parenting styles used or lack thereof by our parents play a major role in how we behave today as adults. That's hard to believe for a lot of people, but it's true. Now, I had no clue just how much damage our parents can do while raising us as kids. It's truly shocking, and I wish parenting classes were taught in schools, but they're not. So, what are the reasons we overthink? Well, here are some of the many reasons why we become overthinkers. Overthinkers are generally highly analytical people. You do a deep analysis on everything that runs through your head, which is utterly exhausting. I know because I lived that way for more than 25 years. Also, overthinkers tend to have a higher than average IQ. That might be surprising to some of you. And overthinkers were often raised by overly critical parents and they may have experienced traumatic events when growing up. 
They might have experienced abuse, which could be physical abuse, psychological, emotional, sexual, or spiritual when they were growing up. And that applied to me as well. Typically, they grow up in families with poor to no boundaries. Now, the next category is interesting. Overthinkers tend to be raised by parents who are overprotective and or overindulge them, which is to say overprotected means they try to protect their children from every potential harm. These parents are usually hyper-religious. And overindulged means they gave their children everything or nearly everything they, that the child wanted and the parents are usually more affluent or wealthy. Now, most overthinkers will generally have issues with self-esteem, and they're generally perfectionist, thanks to overly critical parenting. And worriers are the worst of the worst. They imagine the worst and then dwell on the worst case scenarios. Now, these are just a few, and I could go on for hours because it's a really long list. But let me ask you this, is any of this starting to sound familiar to you? Any one of the above reasons can lead to the development of overthinking behavior. The more reasons you have, the more prevalent that behavior is going to be. For instance, being highly analytical means overthinkers think things through as completely as they can. This isn't a bad thing necessarily. Being well informed and reasonably certain has many benefits as we all know. The problem is that overthinkers sometimes don't know when they've arrived at a reasonably certain conclusion. Now that's key. And this is even more problematic when they've learned that making a mistake could cause harm, including serious life-altering harm. This is where some of the other factors come into play. For example, when you combine highly analytical with worry, or have experienced some great trauma with creativity or having been overly criticized with low self-esteem, you create the perfect recipe for overthinking everything. I imagine that many of you listening right now can really relate to that, can't you? Moreover, when you combine any of the above factors with chronic stress that alters brain function, that further increases the likelihood of overthinking everything with a reduced ability to stop. Any one or all of these above factors can lead you to overthinking behaviors that will in fact become habits over time. Think of it like a predator in the jungle that sneaks up on its prey ever so slowly over time, being careful not to make a single sound as it places each foot in the proper place, as it stalks you and gets closer and closer ever so stealthily that you'll never even see or hear it coming. And by the time it bites you, it's too late. The damage is done. Now, research shows that fear is the most common reason why people overthink. For example, in an online poll conducted in July of 2019, 90% of the respondents said that they overthink everything either to prevent bad things from happening or to avoid making serious mistakes, to avoid looking foolish, or to avoid having one more reason to believe that they aren't good enough. Therefore, fear 
is one of the most common motivating factors for overthinking. And some more examples are things like, you might fear something bad might happen if you don't think things through thoroughly enough. And that causes fear of harm, loss, unpleasantness, reprisal, or rejection. All of those things can flow through you at any given time. You might be afraid of making a serious mistake. You might fear making a mistake that could make you look foolish, or you might be afraid of making a mistake or doing something foolish that could cause others to reject you. Rejection plays such a big part in all of this. Now, this is another long list, and I could go on forever about that. But by and large, our parents are to blame here. As much as I hate to say that, it's the harsh reality of the situation. While parents generally love their children and want them to be safe and successful, the parenting styles often teach their children that they're stupid and careless if they make a mistake that caused harm, unpleasantness, or failure. We then carry those toxic lessons with us as we grow up into young adults, which over time becomes our new habits. You see how this works? Many parents also use emotional tactics to try and keep their children safe, such as acting upset and withholding affection when their child did something they disagree with. Many anxiety disorder sufferers heard some version of, Now, you've made me upset with that foolish decision of yours. Why would you do this to me? (laughs) That is toxic. Some parents even physically abuse their children, thinking that that style of parenting will teach their children an important life lesson. This was my own mother's personal parenting style. She would beat me near unconscious and even leave me locked in a closet when she didn't approve of my actions. All the while, all the neighbors and all of her church-going friends thought that she was a saint herself. When parents do these types of things during our developing years, children like me learn to overthink out of necessity and sheer survival, as in my case. As such, They come to believe that overthinking is the best way, or worse, the only way, to get along in life. Then, overthinking becomes their safety net that protects them against all the harsh realities of life such as harm, failure, and even rejection, and nothing could be further from the truth. Is it any wonder why overthinkers tend to overthink? Yet. Based on a cost-benefit analysis, overthinking causes far more harm than it prevents. The anxiety, stress, and stimulation overthinking creates can sabotage our very life experience. And that's no fun. Rather than being helpful and, and protecting us, overthinking creates hardships and fuels issues with anxiety, stress, and fear. Stress in general negatively affects brain function and in important ways that affects critical thinking. That's why I focus so much on how we process information in my online course at lifeskillsmasterclass.com. I have seen the transformation of thousands when people learn that better thinking equals better results. 
When you learn how to process information in a way that serves your life better, you will transform your life. I promise you, it's just that simple. Learn new skills and your life will change. But like Madonna says in her hit song, Jump, there's only so much you can learn from standing in one place. For instance, stress hampers the areas of the brain responsible for critical thinking, which is the cortex. As stress increases, suppression of the cortex also increases. But that's not all. Stress also increases the activity in the fear center of the brain, which causes an increase in thought generation. This increased thought generation takes on more of a dire tone due to the fear center's highlighted influence. Moreover, the cortex is also responsible for applying the anxiety break that stops anxious thinking. When the cortex is suppressed and the fear center is more active, we have a much more difficult time shutting off anxious thinking. Because of this, stress and more importantly, chronic stress is the most common cause of incessant mind chatter with a reduced ability to rationalize and shut it off. <laughs> On top of it all, problem solving causes mental exertion, which also stresses the body. As mental exertion increases, stress increases, incessant mind chatter increases, and our ability to think clearly and critically decreases as a result. You see how it's a chain reaction? One thing affects the other and leads to the next and the next until the next thing you know, you're so overwhelmed with overthinking that you become paralyzed and nothing happens. Chronic stress is a common factor that fuels overthinking. That is a scientific fact. So if you learn new skills to manage your stress, your overthinking will fade from your mind's arsenal of tools because it understands that it no longer serves you. So now that we understand why we overthink and what causes us to make this a go-to habit of ours, what we, can we do to stop it? Well, here are my proven super secret tricks to get your brain to stop overthinking and lead you to a better result in your life. Are you ready? Remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice either. I'm just sharing what has worked for me and what I have learned in decades of therapy in hopes that you can relate and apply some of this awesomeness to your own well-being. Because I know that this stuff can change your life. So listen up. The very first thing I want you to focus on is becoming very aware of when you are beginning to overthink something. To change a behavior, we first have to become aware of the behavior itself and when it's happening. So the first step in making a healthy behavioral change is to become aware of when you are overthinking. You can do this by paying attention to your thoughts and making note of every time you catch yourself overthinking. As your awareness of overthinking becomes more apparent, you are then prepared to begin the change process. 
awareness will alert you to a common situation and circumstances where you overthink. When those situations and circumstances arise, they will alert you to pay attention to what you are thinking. Awareness is the first step in making a healthy behavioral change. Now let's talk about step two. Instead of dwelling on what can go wrong, redirect your thoughts to what can go right. In my course, I teach you a technique called redirectional thought therapy, and it's something that will change the way you think your thoughts by using a simple rubber band. You might want to check that one out. Just because we imagine something bad can happen doesn't mean it actually can. Imagination is just that. It's just conjuring up the imagery. But dwelling on the negative causes instant stress. Chronic stress has been linked to many medical and mental health issues, as we all know. Changing the direction of your thinking can illuminate possibilities rather than negatives and having possibilities foster hope and determination which can insulate the body from unnecessary stress. Please remember that 97% of what we worry about never happens. Once you embrace this, you'll see the positive changes in your life begin to happen. Step three. Step three is really simple. You want to distract yourself. Being distractive with positive influences is a great way to change the channel on overthinking. You might want to try things like take a nap, because research has shown that sleeping declutters the mind, making way for clearer thinking. Taking a short nap is a great way to clear the mind and just stop that endless mind chatter. Taking a nap also reduces stress, so it has positive benefits all the way around. Next, put things into perspective. Are you blowing things out of context? Are you overreacting? Will it matter next week, in six months, in one year, in five years? Putting things into perspective can also clear away the unnecessary clutter that often fuels overthinking. Nothing is perfect, so stop waiting for the perfect decision. Nothing on earth is perfect. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, no one's perfect, and neither are our decisions. We are going to have a combination of good decisions and not so good decisions throughout our life. That's normal. We can only do the best that we can based on the information we have at the time. As the saying goes, waiting for the perfect is never as smart as making progress. Many successful business people know that often the best way to get started is to jump in with both feet and just adjust as you go. I'm not suggesting that you don't spend any time on planning and carefully evaluating what your plans are. You should and diligently. But once you have a plan that has been thought through carefully, get at it and adjust as necessary. Jump in with both feet. If you wait for the perfect solution or timing, you'll most likely miss both of them. Step number four. Make sure you are problem solving rather than just ruminating. Now what's that mean? Problem solving is working towards a solution to a problem. Ruminating 
is often referred to as negative role-playing, where we imagine all kinds of negative scenarios over and over again with no end goal in mind. When you find yourself overthinking, determine if you are actually trying to problem-solve or are you just ruminating. If you're just ruminating, turn it into problem-solving. If you can't and continue to negative role-play with yourself, that requires a different kind of solution. Connecting with an experienced therapist can help you uncover the reasons why you are negative role-playing with yourself, endlessly in some cases. Addressing those reasons can end negative role-play and with it unhealthy overthinking. And finally, remember that everyone makes mistakes and that's completely normal. Yes, we want to do the best that we can and avoid as many mistakes as possible, but we're going to make mistakes. That's life. Successful business people know that making mistakes is an important part of what makes them successful. Rather than viewing mistakes as being bad, we want to view them as being an important part of building towards success. Do the best that you can. Celebrate the successes and learn from the mistakes so that you can be more successful the next time. That's okay. Everything takes time. The real key here comes down to being mindful. By focusing solely on what you are doing in that moment, which is to say, becoming present in the moment, you prevent the mind from imagining the future. But more importantly, focusing on the present increases the pressure of what you are doing, which enhances your life experience. If you notice your mind wandering into the future, you can gently redirect it back to the present and onto the things more pleasant and more enjoyable. I know this was a lot of information to digest today, and feel free to listen to this episode whenever you need a gentle reminder, and if you've learned something today, I hope you'll reward me by smashing that subscribe button and join me each week for more life-changing skills that will only serve to help you evolve into the tiger that you were always meant to be. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your day with me. Don't forget to check out stephendiamond.com. And remember to take care of yourself and be kind to all of those whom you meet. We're all dealing with some really tough stuff inside right now, and it's not always visible from the way that we present ourselves to the rest of the world. I'm Stephen Diamond. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. (laughs) 